0: Dave, we're here. Episode two hundred and fifty. Can you believe it?
1: Uh, it is kind of crazy to think about.
0: It's a lot of I episodes.
1: Mean, I mean, we we pumped them out during the pandemic.
0: Oh, we did. We did two a week, maybe three a week. We uh, we really we really got going. There was nothing else to do. So we sat around, watched movies, talked about sports, did well, trivia.
1: What was the one with Jay Leno, the movie?
0: Oh, that was Collision Course with uh, Collision Course with that's Pat right. Morita. Uh, was it Pat Morita and Jay Leno? I don't know what Jay Leno was. That in movie that. was
1: so racist.
0: That was very, very racist and very bad. Um, I think the only time you ever given a zero, maybe Cats, you gave a zero to. I
1: think we gave a one to Cats.
0: Well, we gave separate scores, but you definitely were. Um, you were not having fun that night. I remember that. Um, I was not having. Fun. <laughs> that was early pandemic, so really, who was having fun? Um, but Dave, what, a, what, what more fitting way were there to be to celebrate episode Two Hundred and Fifty than by having as a guest, the person who brought us together, Mr. Brandon Maxwell, Brandon, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, speaking of your bad movies, I, I saw an awful movie today that you just, you guys just reminded me uh, the of the boy next door Watched at some point <laughs> called interceptor on Netflix. It's an mm-hmm. action movie. It's, a. Uh, Oh my god. It's 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 a Who's, movie. is there
0: anybody in it that we would know?
2: Absolutely not. Although oh, even better. Chris Emsworth randomly has like two minutes in the movie hmm. where he plays a character that has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. <laughs> it's uh
1: wait, wait, is that the one with the spider hat or whatever?
2: No, no, it's um it's oh. called Interceptor, but it's it also just came out recently on Netflix and it's one of their originals. Completely oh. off topic, but uh I'll tell you guys more about it later. It was quite the experience.
0: It's, it's a very I'm very excited to learn more about this, because um, it sounds like an absolute train wreck. Oh, yeah. uh, but alright, so, our topic for this episode is, I just got rid of the Google Meet, that was my apologies. Vamping, <laughs> vamping, yep, I accidentally closed the tab, that was on me. Uh, don't judge me for it. Anyway, uh, people listened to just me for about three seconds there, we probably lost all the listeners, so, now we're playing with house money. So, gentlemen, today we're counting down the top 10 quarterbacks heading into the 2022-23 NFL season. Dave, Brandon, and I each ranked our top 15, and my goodness, uh, did Dave completely annihilate this entire process (laughs) with with his top 15. (laughs) Um, But we'll march forward, and we will adjust. That's okay. We're good. But the question is, are you gentlemen ready to dive into our top 10 quarterbacks of the 2022 season?
1: Let's do it. All right.
0: Coming in at number 10, he was ninth for me, ninth for Brandon, and 10th for Dave, Dak Prescott. Dave, what say you about Dak Prescott?
1: I mean, I, I think he's been a pretty good quarterback. He's been a good decision maker. He's pretty mobile, although we didn't really see a lot of the... The mobile aspect last year, come back from from the injury that he had the year before. So maybe we see more of that this year. But he's been really, really good getting the ball downfield. Although he's he's had obviously one of the top receiving cores going around the last couple of years. But now he loses Cooper. So uh, obviously, CD Lamb is just as good, if not better, than Cooper. But we'll see how we'll see how it turns out. But he's, I mean, he's been consistently one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I'm just not sure he's ever going to make it to that next jump. I think he's kind of in that jump before that last tier.
0: I've always loved Dak Prescott. Um, I've always been big on him, loved his play in Dallas. I like that he's sort of that dual-threat quarterback. And I just feel like he's had some of the best years of his career wasted by Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy, which are very unfortunate coaches to have to play under. Um, And Ezekiel Elliott, who has fallen off considerably from his really, really solid start. But, yeah, he's had some very strong receiving cores he's had to play with. C.D. Lamb, like you said, probably better than Amari Cooper has ever been, but still an embarrassment of riches out there. So I love Dak Prescott. I do think he is, as we have evidenced here, a borderline top 10 quarterback in the league. And if you don't want him on your team, then you must have one of the guys in the top five or top six because uh, he is a damn good quarterback. Brand, you had him ninth, too.
2: Yeah, I think Dak is really good. I think he's, even though I had him toward the bottom of the top 10, I think he's firmly in there. And just like you both were saying, I like him a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback. The reason I had some of these other guys ahead of him is because, for one, he has way more weapons than a lot of those guys do, and some of these guys have performed better with less. And uh, outside of that, I think, um, kind of like Dave was saying, I think he's not quite in that top tier. He's more so in that second group, but he's got more to prove, and we need to see more from him because – that was a, a very bad way to end last season with the yeah. playoff loss on that run. Um, and then him just completely blaming the reps when it was 100% his fault. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I completely understand in that context it's a really tough loss. Like, I really don't put too much blame on players in those situations. But um, he 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 needs to, to step up at this point. We've seen all of the good stats out of him. We've seen all of the production that he can get. We've seen that he's come back from this injury and he's looking like the old Dak. Um, We need to see something else now. So I think he's firmly in that top 10, but not quite in that top group.
0: And I like how our entire top 10, all of us had all these guys in our top 10. So at the bare minimum, we all had these guys in the top 10. Uh, Moving on to number 9, we actually had a tie for number 10. The tiebreaker, though, was 10th for me, 10th for Brandon, and since he was highest ranked on Dave's list at number 8, Matthew Stafford, the reigning Super Bowl champion. I don't have a problem with him at number nine. I like Stafford a lot. I've been higher on Stafford than a lot of people during his career. I like his play a lot. I think spending a decade in Detroit probably didn't do him a lot of favors, (laughs) but who has that done any favors to? Um, The Lions have arguably had a top five running back all time and wide receiver all time and have done nothing with them and pretty much had them retire in their prime um, because they were such a destitute franchise. But... I've always liked Stafford, and it was really a toss-up for me between 9 and 10. Granted, it didn't make much of a difference, but Dave, since you had him highest, I want to hear from you first. Number 8 on your list.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been pretty solid for a long time. Last year, he was second in the league in touchdowns. They won 12 games, obviously won the Super Bowl. Um, He was a big part of of them getting there. He didn't make a lot of mistakes. He made a lot of big-time throws. He had the drive against Tampa Bay that was really big. I mean, he he just has been really, really solid for a long time. And I know there's been a lot of mistakes, like, along the way in Detroit. He's had some bonehead interceptions. He's had some tough times. But guys pretty much as tough as they come as far as as a football player playing with – I forget, against Detroit – with Detroit, rather, when there was a two-point conversion. I think he had, like, a broken back and, like, a dislocated shoulder or something. And he threw – he still stayed in for the two-point conversion, and and they got it. So – I mean, the toughness is clearly there. The clutch gene kind of came in last year, and you saw it firsthand in the playoffs. He really kind of rallied them multiple times, didn't make a lot of mistakes, and you saw with a good team what he can do. His first year with a good team, they won the Super Bowl. So it's kind of hard not to have him anywhere, at least inside the top 10. He has to be, to me, a top 10 quarterback.
0: Uh, Brandon, number 10 for you on your list. Same for me.
2: Um, Yeah, I think Stafford is um he's sort of in the upper group of those very good quarterbacks. I don't think he's elite. Um even though he he obviously had excellent stats over his career, but I think he's the perfect type of guy for a team like the Rams because obviously we saw with the Lions he was he was carrying them everywhere. It's nice to see him in a situation now where he doesn't have to do that much. He obviously has all those weapons, so I think that makes things easier for him. He has a team that's like half first round uh, picks and old guys who just got recently acquired. So I think, in terms of that, he's, he's doing just fine, but um, I'll give him 10 for that reason. I don't think he's that good. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, sorry. Dave was uh, trying to stop a video from playing in the background. But my Brand- screen was frozen. I, click and I was Brandon soldiered. Brandon soldiered through that. That was incredible.
1: I felt so bad. I was like, Oh my god, he's, still- he's trying so hard. I need to um, get out of this. I thought
0: it was feedback at first, but I'm so glad it wasn't. It's, it's um, all good. It's all
2: good. But yeah, Stafford is. Yeah. I think Stafford's Stafford's pretty good. I think being on a team like the Rams is good for him at this point in his career because he's had to do so much for a really shitty team. So he I think he he's very firmly in that area but I mean it really doesn't even matter because he's probably going to win the Super Bowl again this year. He's in a really good, good position doesn't have to be even top 10. He just has to be solid and he's way better than that.
0: Before we move on, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, where do you put the Rams odds of repeating this year? Hasn't been done since the Patriots.
2: I mean, I would take the field because right. I think so many things can happen, but I would say I mean, it's not even that high of a percentage I'd give because I think I think the Bucks are right there with them, even though right. uh, I don't think they're as good this year as they were last year. Um, obviously, teams like the Bills and whatnot, too. I would say like 15%, 15 to 20% for the Rams.
0: Okay. I would say, yeah, I'd say somewhere around there. I'd say 20%, 25%. I'd give them at least a one-in-four shot because they're still I'm, a really good team.
2: Like you said, doing it twice in a row is very difficult. It's very hard. So. That the, knocks it a little bit, but they're the, just such a dominant team. The
0: Seahawks game, so close. <laughs> uh, Dave, where would you put their odds?
1: I'd probably put it at 20 to 25%. Mm. I think their team gets a little bit better this year. They get Allen Robinson back. Uh, remember, they didn't have Robert Woods in the playoffs. It's true. This this offense is a little bit better. I mean, they lost Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. That's kind of a big loss. Uh, true. I mean, Whitworth obviously wasn't playing at the level he had been previously, but still was a solid player. But, I mean, I would say I don't think there's any surefire NFC teams that you you could be like, wow, this team has to be considered for the top. Like, we don't know about some of the other teams, a lot of variables, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but right. there's just a lot of question marks.
0: All right, number eight. Uh, this was number eight for me, number nine for Dave, but I want to hear from Brandon because he's a top-five quarterback by Brandon Standard's Russell Wilson. Brandon?
2: Yeah, so this was one where – I knew a lot of people would have him ranked lower, um, but I think it's sort of a product of his environment. I think the Seahawks have been pretty much a dumpster fire on offense for like the past four or five years at least. Has an awful line, really no receivers, a revolving door of running backs, didn't get along with his coach. That's just like the perfect recipe for failure, and he was still a really good quarterback. So I think the team that he's on with the Broncos, although I absolutely think they're overrated, I think people are giving them way too much hype. and I really don't – like, people are talking about the receiving group. Like, it's a top three in the NFL. I'm like, they're a very good receiving group, but it's not that good. Well, they already
0: lost Tim Patrick, right? Isn't he out for
2: the season? Yeah, he's out for the season. Jerry Judy's got a bunch of shit going on. Oh, he's he's
0: been hurt pretty much the past couple of years.
2: So, I think they have, like, a bunch of 1Bs um, and 2As, sort of. So, we'll see about how far they can go with those guys. But Russell Wilson is going to elevate all of them. And this is a far better group than he's had in recent years. You know, outside of Tyler Lockett, he's had no one reliable. So I think he's going to prove his value once again. He's like 33, which is like prime for a quarterback. Very I think much, he's yeah. poised for an excellent season. So I got a five.
0: Let me, I, I got four words for you. Let's ride Broncos country. <laughs> oh God. Great meme for Russell Westbrook. Great meme season for him. Oh yeah. uh, he
2: always has to have a, a he catch catchphrase.
0: He is, I love Russell Westbrook, but he might be the corniest person in the world. Absolutely. Um, and he he,
2: he not into it, too. Russell it, so. Wilson.
0: To no, not Russell Westbrook. Not an NFL player. Um, I like Russell Wilson a lot. I had him eighth, um, which is where you end up in this list anyway. And I think he definitely elevates the Broncos in the division where you pretty much need to have a franchise quarterback or you're not going to do much. And the worst of them is Derek Carr, who, spoiler alert, was not ranked on this list in the top ten. He did get some votes, but he's not top 10. Um, it's a tough division, man. you got to have a really good quarterback to compete, and Russell Wilson is definitely fitting the bill there. Um, always liked him in Seattle. He has never received an MVP vote, which to me is unbelievable, but he is like the Chris Bosch of the NFL. A lot of Pro Bowls, like a lot of All-Stars for Chris Bosch, but pretty much never going to make an All-Pro team. Uh, but he'll probably still be a hall of famer. He's definitely on the track for it. Like Brandon said, 33 years old, which in this day and age is like the prime for quarterbacks. So, eighth for me. Uh definitely a top 10 quarterback, definitely a guy who can elevate you. Uh Dave, what do you say about Russell Wilson? You were the he was the lowest ranked on your list of any of us.
1: Um I just I think we've seen evidence that the more responsibility he takes in the offense, um maybe the results aren't quite as good. And it's not to take away from the fact he's a very good quarterback. He still is. He's still a good decision-maker for the most part. He's mobile. Uh, he makes some big-time throws. Good leader. But I think we've seen, like last year and the year before, they kind of let him air it out, and it's been a little bit of a struggle. I mean, they, they let him air it out really because their defense was so pathetic. But uh, it's it's been kind of a a few-year trend now. This breakup's kind of been a long time coming, honestly, for both of them. I think they both kind of need to move on, Yeah. and Seattle needs to just kind of rebuild, and Wilson obviously wants a chance to win. But, I mean, I, I still think a top-ten quarterback is nothing to sneeze at. Like, even being nine or eight or seven, like, that's still really good. You're better than more than two-thirds of the other quarterbacks. That's That says something about how good you are. And I think this year, as long as everyone continues to stay healthy after they lost Patrick, everyone else... Like, there's some really good weapons there, and I think you could have another year where he throws 35 to 40 touchdown passes, maybe keeps his interception total, like, 12 or below, and ends up Denver getting Denver to, like, a top three seed in the, in the AFC. So there's, there's some possibilities out there.
0: Absolutely. Moving on to number seven, he was sixth for me, eighth for Brandon, and also sixth for Dave, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Who you could argue, actually not even argue, I think it's pretty definitive, the best quarterback the franchise has ever had. I don't even think it's, honestly, it's not even close. Like, I mean, you look at Joe Flacco, Vinny Testaverde, Trent Dilfer, Tony Banks, like, Lamar Jackson is leaps and bounds better than any of those guys. Um, but to me, still a top six player, and top six quarterback in the NFL, without a doubt. I've I love Lamar Jackson. Won an MVP. He is consistently a game changer for the Ravens. When he went down last year, the team was not even close to the same. He's not even playing with a top wide receiver. They traded his best wide receiver, as a matter of fact. And they still refuse to get him a top guy anyway. But he still makes it work. And again, part of that is John Harbaugh, who's a very good coach. But Lamar Jackson, don't short him. The guy is an incredible player. He does stuff on the field that we have never seen before. He's rushed for a 1,000 yards twice as a quarterback. That's ridiculous. I love the dude. And if they don't pay him, they deserve all of what's coming to them. So that's my opinion. But, Brandon, you had him eighth. He was the lowest for any of anybody here. You had him lowest. What do you have to say about Lamar Jackson?
2: Yeah, It's honestly, it's nothing against him at all. It's just that I think these other guys are a bit better. And obviously with me having Wilson ranked higher, that had to push him down a little bit there too um i think he's an excellent quarterback everything that you said i agree with i think uh skill wise and talent wise he's clearly the best quarterback in ravens history obviously you still have a guy like flacco who had that playoff run but you know lamar is definitely better than him um
0: joe flacco definitely better drawing pass interference than lamar jackson that's true.
2: It's true and that is a skill i will say <laughs> it sure um, is and i and i think exactly what you said i think It needs to be taken into consideration that he's never had a really great receiving group. I think they made some additions this year between the draft, and I feel like they acquired someone. I can't remember exactly. They did draft somebody, too.
0: Rashad. They have Rashad Bateman, right? Rashad Bateman? They have him? uh, I can't even remember. Dave, Minnesota? They did
2: did draft Rashad
1: Bateman, yeah.
0: Was that this year or last year?
1: Uh, I believe that was last year.
0: I think it was last year, but... Then they traded Hollywood Brown, who was like his guy.
1: (laughs) Like they got him for they got a first for him though. That was crazy. That is good. That
0: is good. That's a good return. But at the same time, like you want to make your franchise quarterback happy, and that's not a good way to do it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and and then
2: also one of the reasons that I do have him lower than some of these other guys is because he still doesn't have that you know necessarily elite group. And granted, they do have some solid running backs. All of those guys are coming off significant injuries though, so who knows what a lot of those pieces on offense are going to look like. And I think that's something that pushes him down a little bit. But again, the reason I have him um, the lowest of the three of us is because I think, one, I have Wilson a bit higher. And, and two, I think you have to take into account that uh, he's not playing with, you know, Gax receiving core and Dak's running back group. It's uh, a pretty mediocre offense outside of him.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't want to ding him too much for that because – It's not really his decision. I mean, he could be like, "Yo, I'm going to leave. You don't get me somebody I like. Like, if you don't get me a legitimate receiving core, I'm going to leave this franchise because they really haven't done much to surround him with premier talent. The year he won MVP, they had an elite running game and a great tight end core. They really didn't have wide receivers. I guess they didn't need them, but they didn't have them. And at the end of the day, as a quarterback, you're going to need those guys to succeed, to win a Super Bowl, to do something like that. So they need to start building around him a little bit more if they want to succeed. But I think Lamar Jackson being in the top 10 is a no-brainer. I love the guy. I think he should be a little bit higher, obviously, at 6, but I like him there. Uh, Number 6 on the list. Number 7 for Brandon, number 5 for Dave, and number 3 for me, Justin Herbert of the Chargers. Uh, I guess I'll start because I'm had him highest. I friggin' love Justin Herbert, man. I think he is one of the best young talents in the league. I only had one guy in his age range ahead of him, which we'll get to later, obviously. But he's a gunslinger, he doesn't really make too many mistakes, and he's got a real feel for the game at such a young age. And the Chargers are going to have to pay him buku bucks to stay around after a couple of years, but it's well worth it. He has a great wide receiving core, albeit a somewhat aging one, Still have to work on that later on, but I like what the Chargers are putting together, and Justin Herbert is the guy to lead that team. I'm a little skeptical about Brandon Staley as a coach, but I think they have the most important piece in place with Justin Herbert as the quarterback. Uh, Dave, you had him top five as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think overall when you look at him, he's easily one of the most impressive physical tools and packages you see. Like, he's athletically mobile like he's not gonna sprint out like um uh, like some of the other quarterbacks he's not super mobile but he's mobile enough he's got like that step up from ben roethlisberger where roethlisberger was big and mobile but he was really more big than mobile he's really just tough to bring down but herbert's like that that next level above him and he can make all the throws he's got ridiculous arm strength he can just he can throw like 65 it, 70 yards in the air it's
0: humble it, it right, yeah. right in the
1: guy's pocket and Marvelous. I mean, there's there's gonna be a lot of big things coming, I think, this year for the Chargers. And I, I get like that, people say that every year. Like there's always, you know, Chargers are gonna be great. Well, we're gonna hype them up and they either have injuries or they lose close games or the kicker blows or whatever. It could be all of the above. But uh I I just think this year with the additions they made defensively, there's this is what happens like when you get when you draft a good Q B and you get like the two to three year window where the QB makes like five million dollars, but they play at a top five to ten level like we saw this with seattle we saw this with mahomes early like you get to spend that money elsewhere they, they signed jc jackson they got cleo Mack. like that those are additions that you're going to be able to use and you're going to take advantage of this window now in two years when they pay him like that's going to be a big big deal they're going to start letting guys go but until that comes like they kept mike williams they kept keenan allen they have austin Eckler. There's just there's a lot of good things happening there, and I think Herbert's easily going to be establish himself as a top five to seven quarterback this year.
0: Brandon, um, he, Brandon, the Herbert hater had a number not, seven.
2: <laughs> not at all, but seven's where I had to limit it because <laughs> everyone that I had above him has done something that translates to winning football, and he hasn't done that yet. Um, and I'm kind of sick of the Chargers, honestly, because they, like Dave said, this is them every single year. Like I'm so over it until they actually do something that's fair i don't care because they we always see that they have this talent in and out they have a top five eight ish receiver in the nfl still even though like you said aging receiving core. got mike williams they got plenty of really good offensive players really strong running back group same deal kind of like with the cowboys where um they've got pretty much good talent all across the board there and granted i know like dave said they've had crazy ways to lose they've lost in every way possible Um, and obviously it's not Herbert's fault, but everyone that I have above him, what they've done has translated to winning football at this point. And the chargers always seem to fizzle out. Um, not to compare him to Mac Jones at all, at all. And I know that obviously Mac has the way better coach, but it's like, would you, where would you rather be in the first couple of years? Obviously you'd rather be Herbert. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just talking about like generally like in the position. I'm not saying the players. I'm saying the position. Right. Got it. Like a guy who is like solid, who's on a team with a really good coach who's mm-hmm. going to get him up above, above. Or is Herbert going to be a guy who's putting up really good stats on a team that's always trash? So right. I'm hoping it translates for him. Right. And again, that's not a knock against him at all. It's just that the guys that I have above him have all transcended whatever to get to a winning program. So, and he hasn't been yet. Right.
0: So Brandon thinks Mac Jones is better than Justin Herbert. All right, moving
2: on. Um, yeah, that's what's going to be the takeaway from this. <laughs> Let me be clear. I, I think Justin Herbert... Like I said, I think Justin Herbert's like already an elite talent. Mac is nowhere near there yet. In terms of the well, development that Herbert's at, I, like, I'm i not comparing the two.
0: Spoiler, but uh, Dave's is a Mac Jones hater did not rank him in the top 15. Anyway, moving on to the hater over here. Look at this. Look at this guy over here. Couldn't stand him. Anyway, moving to the top five, we actually had a tie at number six, or I guess number five, uh, where Justin Herbert finished sixth but for, by virtue of tiebreaker by the same person, this guy's number five. Seventh for me, sixth for Brandon, number two for Dave, Joe Burrow. So Dave, you're silver medalist. What do you have to say?
1: I picked most of these QBs based on how I think they're gonna do this year. Wrong. And I think Joe Burrow is gonna have an absolutely ridiculous wow. year. Okay. I think we could see him toss 50 touchdowns. Hmm. I think that's legitimately in reach for Joe Burrow. You okay. look at the weapons they have, the receiving core. The one thing they did this off that was the weakness was they they solidified the offensive line. They kept T. Higgins, they have Jamar Chase, they kept Joe Mixon. Like they just they have everything they need. They don't they don't really need anything else. They didn't need to go out and spend more money to do this. They their defense was good enough. Their defense will get better. They have a lot of young players. I don't really understand the Jesse Bates not extending him, but that's like a, yeah, a discussion for another day. That's confusing that he, to me.
0: Yeah. Huh? That's confusing to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's and they offered him like seven million for one year. It made no sense. It was like the Red Sox are from Bogarts, one for twenty. But yeah, doesn't I digress.
0: Make a lot of sense. But yeah.
1: But I mean, like when you when you see Burrow, he's legitimately got the whole package. And he there are certain guys that come into the league and I kind of feel like Lamar is one of them. But like they just win. And it doesn't always look the best. And it doesn't always come across the best, but like in those moments, you just trust them. Like you trust Lamar if you're a Ravens fan. You trust Joe Burrow. You can't say that about everybody. Like right. I'm not like I love Justin Herbert, but I don't. I'm not there yet on him. I'm not sold on him yet. I I think he's gonna be great, but I'm not sold on him. Like if you give the ball to someone, if you give it to Joe Burrow, like don't you feel like you're gonna win? You have a good chance of it for sure. Yeah,
0: he, be- he beat the Chiefs after all.
2: Yeah, I don't have much to add. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is probably one of my like top three favorite players. on the Patriots. Um, I think he's like so even-keeled. He's always got a good disposition, a good attitude about everything, good perspective. Like, he even has a really good interview about um, after they lost the Super Bowl. He said like people were mad that like a lot of the players went out. Um, and they like had a celebration, and he was like, obviously it sucked that we lost. Like we're bummed about that, but we still need to like enjoy the accomplishments of you know what we got along the way and it's not like they're satisfied but they still you know have to sort of smell the roses along the way yeah and i think you know a guy like that who's already got in the locker room the way that he has in terms of just being a leader from day one and the elite talent that he has around him i think by next year i might be where dave's at and have him at that number two um but the rest of these guys here right now are like i mean you can't be mad if you put someone above yeah. uh, these guys above joe burrow like they're all elite talents just like he is and exactly like Dave was saying too that's what I was trying to say about Justin Herbert I think that's the difference between Herbert and Burrow right now is Burrow has he, he brought his team to the Super Bowl after being complete completely asked they were in a very similar situation to the Chargers and like I said a guy like Burrow at this point have found a way to sort of transcend all those issues once Herbert does that I'll be you know a bit more sold on him I still think he's an elite talent it's just that's the difference between the two right now
0: it's understandable all right the mount rushmore number 4 number 4 I think for, I know who it is. Number 4 for me.
2: Yeah, it's going to be uh Can I guess.
0: Number 4 for Dave. Number oh. 3 for Brandon. Oh
1: wow.
0: The Ayahaska brother, Aaron Rodgers.
1: Wow, I'm kind of shocked.
0: Uh 37 points, 4 points above Joe Burrow. Um
1: <laughs> that means
0: Yeah, I, yeah, Dave. We get, we're we're going to get into it. Don't worry about that. Um
1: you already know what I'm laughing
0: at? I do. Unfortunately, I do. (laughs) Anyway, um, Aaron Rodgers, number four on the list. Um, I don't have much to say about Aaron Rodgers because I do not like him very much, Um, but I cannot deny his talent as a quarterback. And he is, until proven otherwise, still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And we're not doing this based on playoff success, that's for sure. But in the regular season, he'll get you at least 12 wins every single season. So, Dave, please stop me from talking about Aaron Rodgers anymore?
1: Uh, Aaron Rodgers is one of the better quarterbacks in the league still, which is somewhat surprising for his appearing to lack of commitment to the team long term, which at QB is usually a death sentence when you get older. But um, whatever he's doing, the psychedelic mushrooms or whatever he was talking about earlier, the offseason, that helped him uh seems to be working because he just doesn't really throw many interceptions and that kind of that kind of play where you don't turn the ball over even if you age and you kind of lose a little bit in your arm strength and you're a little behind decision making wise like to not throw interceptions is like for a lot of teams that's all you need for 20 of the nfl teams that will get you into the playoffs if you just don't throw interceptions that's right if you don't make bad reads if you don't put the ball for grabs a lot like that, that kind of stuff, like, we've seen it with the Ravens. We've seen it with the 49ers, with Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. Like, those those QBs can get you to the Super Bowl. If you have a well-rounded team, they'll still get you there. Russell Wilson, the first year, the year with Seattle, the first year they got there against Denver, like, he was just, like, basically handing the ball off most of the time. So it's like, Aaron Rodgers has been fantastic, and eventually there'll be a drop-off like there is for everybody, but... Uh, Like the ability for him to just not throw interceptions, he has nine over the last two seasons combined. Like that's just absurd. No matter how you right. slice it, whether you say he doesn't take chances or he doesn't throw the ball a lot or he takes a lot of sacks, that do necessarily like he still doesn't throw interceptions. He, no tipped passes that get caught, nothing. Like it's it's
2: ridiculous.
0: He hasn't thrown for double digit interceptions since twenty ten. Yeah, it's, it's it's absurd. It's wild. Like his fr- his first three years as an actual starting quarterback he had 31 interceptions, and since then he's had 62. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. That is, it's ridiculous. And I, again, I do not like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's a very, I don't really think he's a great clutch quarterback, which clearly he is not, but I cannot deny that even at age 38, 39, he still got it. Like, I can't there's no way from, I, I have to be objective at some degree and he's still got it as a quarterback. There's no way to deny that. So he yeah. was, let me double check here. Fourth meet th- Brandon, you had a highest ranked out of any of us.
2: Yeah. I mean, say what you will about everything off the field and, and all of that, but he's still a top five talent ever. And I'm, I'm very much a person who, who always says, you know, Hey, he comes up short in the playoffs. Obviously he's got the bull though. So that legitimizes him forever. Um Because, it's not like he was just a guy that was, you know, going along for the ride. He was the reason they won that. So he deserves that prop, those props on that end in terms of having that ability to get his team over the hump. But we've seen time and time again since then, it's always something, always something. And, you know, the fact that they can get so far into the playoffs and you know they're going to hit that brick wall every year, you just don't know what the way it's going to be. Uh, and also, just like I was saying with Dak, the way he ended this season – definitely uh works against him which is why i have a couple of guys ahead of him yep. but he's still an amazing talent and like you said uh in the regular season he's going to guarantee you you know 11 12 13 wins so i mean you're, you're pretty much primed to be a playoff team primed to be winning your division um and in the mix for getting that number one seed and getting a buy every single year with him and that alone is is extremely valuable so i think just based on that resume and what you can expect from him on that level, that gets him to top three. Obviously, he's got all those, you know, other things. Whether it's off the field or whether it's um, coming up short in the playoffs, those are valid, you know, reasons to to knock him. Uh, but you gotta go with the product on the field at the end of the day, and we're talking about the regular seasons here too. So, it's true. Or, I mean, playoffs are under consideration with it, but I mean, I think that that resume in the regular season is enough.
0: You're not wrong. Number three. Second for me. First for Brandon.
1: I knew this was going there.
0: And for <laughs> s- some reason, seventh for Dave. Wow. wow. Thomas Edward
1: Patrick Brady. The second. Dave, number seven? It's because I'm hedging on the fact that I'm I'm not 100% sure he's even coming back. Number seven? If he, comes, he if he comes back and guarantees me he's committed for the rest of the year, I would bump him above Rodgers. I'd put him fourth.
0: I have three. I have four syllables for you. That's fair. Number seven.
1: But we don't even know if he's coming back. No one knows where I he mean, is. I think he's just pulling a breath right forward.
0: Um, I think he's look, saying, I... I I would be absolutely stunned if he's not playing this year. He's gonna play this season and
1: but like even even a guy like Brady, there's a price to pay to not be practicing, not be throwing the ball, not being with your team for six months. Like, I will agree there. I see, will say I, his there's his, a price to pay. he's forty five. I will play devil's I'll
0: play devil's advocate. I think it's actually better that he's not playing at forty five during training camp. like just get him for when he's good. like if he's forty five years old, I, th- I think he has the answers to the test by now, like he once said. Like, he can go out there without any training camp, without any preseason, and still sling 40 touchdowns. Like, the guy is a freak of nature.
2: I don't I mean, know what... I will say, though, I get what Dave is saying because um, it's not like they're going to be having him doing sprints or anything. He'd be playing catch with his guys, learning their chemistry, learning their roots. It's like just getting it's, – it's getting into a habit more so than – having him do like strenuous activity. Um, and they've got a lot of, a lot of changes on offense this year. Lost a lot of guys that he's thrown the ball to a ton of times. Their center is gone for practically the year. It's expected to be at least or half the season at least. So they got a lot of question marks coming into the season, obviously new coach, but as you said, Jake, I mean, he's got all the answers at this point. Um, I, and I do think Todd Bowles is a pretty good coach, although they've got a weird setup in Tampa because, uh, it doesn't seem like his heart's in it as much anymore. Uh, Like Dave said with him being gone for, I think he's pulling a Brett Barb. He's just like, I'm not coming to any of the training camps. I'll be there once actual games start. I'll be there like a week before. And like, I don't, you don't even need to hear from me until then. I'm basically an owner of this team at this point. Um, So all that, but Brady also has the story of him trying to go to Miami and whatnot and the retirement this year. And he definitely had beef beef with Bruce Arians. Like I suspected this entire time. I was like, they do not get along there. They do not mix well. They're like oil and water. Um, or whatever the saying is. Um,
0: Yeah, I
2: got you. Bruce Arians is known as being like a loose guy who's gonna be like, "Oh, take the rest of the day off for practice." And Brady's a guy who's like meticulous on all of this. And Bruce Arians has his particular offense. Both stubborn guys. You know, I feel like it was bound to clash. Although Belichick and Brady are both stubborn, they had the same like mentality in terms of in terms of the the work environment and whatnot. So, I think that. This with Todd Bowles is gonna be a more loose environment for him. So maybe he'll chill out a bit. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a weird, weird, a weird situation for them in Tampa Bay because lots of it's coming together really quickly in terms of Brady leaving for 40 days and Gronk actually retiring and Antonio Brown and like I said, the injuries that are already adding up. They don't have Godwin for at least half the season. Um, but they still have Tom Brady. So that's why I got, got him at number one. And also I'm viewing it as it viewing it as in an any given situation. Who do I want out there for, like, game on the line? It's still Tom Brady. And Mahomes, this is something that I think plays into it as well. I'm just thinking it. I know I'm going on forever. But Mahomes uh, said recently, he's like, I only feel like this past season, I actually started to be to feel like I actually, like, knew what the defense was going to do. Like, I knew the game to the point where I was starting to understand it to that level. And Brady's been there for, like, 15 years now. It's true. So true. it's crazy. He, it, it, so that, I, he's number one for me. That's simple as <laughs> that.
0: Brady's been at that level since we've been in middle school, so I can't blame you there. Um, All right, so we really had a tie here, but since Brady was ranked number one and this next guy was ranked number one for somebody else, the lowest ranking, which Dave's Brady at seven, took the cake, so it pushed Brady down to number three, which means number two, who was fifth for me, fourth for Brandon, and number one for Dave, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Dave, he's your number one. Why is it?
1: Uh, because, like I had said before, I'm, I'm doing this based on what I think of this year. And I think the AFC clearly, to me, runs through, offensively runs through Cincinnati and Buffalo. Now you can debate all along whether it's those defenses, special teams, coaching, whether that gets the, gets the job done, or injuries, who knows. But the two best offenses probably in the, in the whole NFL right now are Cincinnati and Buffalo. You have two of great quarterbacks. They're both relatively mobile, Allen especially mobile. And you have some unbelievable weapons. Like Gabe Davis really showed out in that AFC Championship game. He's going to be a force. They have Stephon Diggs. Dawson Knox is good. They have a few good running backs that are at least going to take the pressure off of Josh Allen. They're going to get somewhat of a running game going this year, I think. And we already talked about Cincinnati. So I think when you're looking at it, like if you had to take... Like, if you had to bet on who the best quarterback is going to be offensively through stats, through touchdowns and passing yards, you'd probably lean Burrow or, or Josh Allen. Maybe not passing yards with Allen because of the rush yards, but for Burrow, you would certainly you would certainly lean that he might be the Matt Stafford where he throws for 5,300 yards and 50 touchdowns, but maybe they don't get 12 wins. Maybe they get 10. Uh, so I think those two quarterbacks are certainly in the top five, and I think offensively this year they're going to be – If not the two best, two of the top
0: three or four. Yeah, so I had Josh Allen fifth. I had Rogers, Herbert, Brady, and uh, TBD.
2: I I do
0: have heard about Josh Allen, and I like Josh Allen a lot. I have his jersey in my drawer right now. Uh, That was also because of a bet, but
2: yeah, by force (laughs) it was.
0: It was by force that is true. I like Josh Allen a lot. Um, He was my fancy quarterback for a few weeks last year before I traded him for Lamar Jackson. Um because Steve Steve, a well, Steve really wanted Josh Allen, so I got Lamar and somebody else uh, in return. But also Josh Allen kind of had a streaky start started the season, but whatever. Um, uh, Jake,
2: Jake said, I really like him, followed by well, knocking 35 times. All right.
0: <laughs> I really like Josh Allen. I don't think it's that much of a slight to say that two surefire Hall of Famers are ahead of him, a guy that we haven't talked about yet. So Justin Herbert being ahead of Josh Allen, I, I just think Justin Herbert offers you more consistent work with his arm. I think Josh Allen's biggest issue is that his arm just is a little inconsistent. I think Herbert's just a more reliable, gunslinging quarterback. I
2: don't, I don't think it's that he's inconsistent. I think it's that he takes risks.
0: Okay, that, that's fair. That is fair. He takes too many risks for me. And that's good. That's good. Like you want a quarterback like that. Like Brett Favre threw a ton of interceptions. He's the all-time leader by a wide margin. But he's also a three-time MVP, a first first Hall of Famer, all-time great quarterback. So how you many, take
2: how yeah. many interceptions did Herbert have this season? Yeah.
0: Give me a second, one.
2: Because he, has, he I, had twenty-five combined the last two years. Yeah, like Her- Herbert. Herbert's throwing
1: interceptions too.
0: He is. He is. But they're both.
1: Allen and Herbert are dead tied, twenty five each, the last two years.
0: But how many th- how many passing touchdowns does Josh Allen have?
1: He has seventy three, and Herbert has sixty nine.
0: He has seventy. Oh my God, he has seventy three touchdowns. I think Holy Josh Allen is
1: definitively. What's better, is his
0: completion yeah. percentage, Dave? Past two years.
1: Sixty six point two, Herbert. Sixty six point one,
0: Allen. All right, so he's a little more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, by a point one, by a fraction. But but if you go to the more in depth stuff. Like, if you do catchable pass percentage... Right. Um, or, sorry, not catchable pass. On target, so, like, the within right. the frame of the player, Herbert is fourth in the NFL, Allen's 22nd over the last two years. Right.
0: So that goes back to what Brandon was saying, which I think was a really astute point about taking risks. I think Josh Allen definitely does that more, which, again, Josh Allen's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not knocking the guy. He's not, like, number 14 for me. He's not in the Matt Ryan area. But... I just think I would rather have Justin Herbert long-term than Josh Allen because, again, not to mention passing risks, but Josh Allen takes on, like, head-on tackles as a quarterback, like, things you should not be doing. Like, that is – that's stuff that's going to catch up with you eventually. So Herbert is just slightly above uh, Josh Allen for me. I know people will not like that, but it didn't matter because Dave's Dave's number seven vote for Tom Brady is a hater. <coughs> hater. Sorry. Um... Dave, Dave, Josh Hader over here, putting Tom Brady at seven. uh, (laughs) So, uh, going into number one, well, number one is probably pretty obvious to people at this point. But before we get there, a few honorable mentions and a few dishonorable mentions. So, guys who just missed the cut. Fourteen points, eleventh for me, twelfth for Brandon, eleventh for Dave. Kyler Murray was number eleven on this list.
1: Dave. What say you about Kyler Murray? Um he's good, but I think the jury's still on him overall. Right. He's like he's got some talent, obviously. He's got arm strength, he's very, very mobile. He's very shifty. Like when you see him run with the ball, he very rarely takes a hit. That's not the same with even Lamar Jackson and, and uh and Josh Allen, like those guys take big hits a lot. Right. Allen way more than Lamar Jackson though. But like Kyler Murray, he always is able to avoid big hits, and that's part of the why he's been able to stay somewhat healthy. But durability is still an issue. Like he still had an issue last year and the year before, and like I think people get confused sometimes. Like durability isn't just missing games; it's putting yourself in a position where you have to play at less than one hundred percent.
0: Right. Like
1: yeah. everyone, everyone is injured at some point. Like that's not what we're saying. Like what I'm saying is. You have to know learn how to avoid things, treat your body well. Like Brady's made a career about it. He's he's dealt with some stuff, but you've got to be in the training room like 24-7, getting taped, iced, uh, whatever, whatever the new theory is, like that's out, they come up with new stuff every year that helps people recover. But Murray is just like to me, he also makes like some questionable decisions. And you've seen it, like he'll have games where he takes really good care of the ball and the next team he throws three interceptions. So right. There's like a few, there's three or four things he needs to work on, but I mean the package is there. You just got to do it.
0: And you want to talk about quarterbacks that left a bad last impression from last season? I mean that playoff game was was horrible. I mean, just mistakes that pee football players don't make. And, and he didn't finish the game. That's right. That's right. Pulled the end of wow. the game. That's just. I like Kyler Murray a lot. I think he has a lot of promise, but he has a long way to go maturity wise. And he's
2: good, but that situation in Arizona is really weird.
0: Yeah. Like it seems
2: like they're a gust of wind from everything crashing and burning. Yep. It's clear that he and the ownership don't get along. It's right. clear that Cliff Kingsbury, they're like a bad day away from firing him. They had that whole clause in his contract of him actually like having a study or whatever. And they're like, Oh, it's precautionary, but like right. if you no one else gets that in their contract. That's hey. what's weird about Never seen did kid get that. For anybody yeah, so,
0: who anybody who watched our tiering episode a couple weeks ago, we do not think highly of Cliff Kingsbury. So
2: Yeah, Cliff, yeah, Cliff Midsbury yeah. or whatever. I don't know if you find something better. Mm, but
0: I, he's not very good. But I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I need
2: to I need to see a stretch of Kyler doing playing elite football for longer than like five or six weeks.
0: If like you until
2: can until that happens, yeah, he can't crack that top ten.
0: If he can go, like, 4-2 and two or 5-1 and one without DeAndre Hopkins the first six games of this year, or however long DeAndre Hopkins suspended, like, that's sure. impressive. But, I don't know, I think you're right, Brian. He has a long way to go to prove himself. Um, only two other quarterbacks were ranked by all three of us, so we're the only ones to talk about for his time's sake. Uh, 11 points, 12th for me, 13th for Brandon, 12th for Dave is Derek Carr, who, a top third quarterback in the league, is impressive. But in that division, not impressive.
2: I just think he's a solid quarterback. That's about it.
0: He's solid. I agree. But having Devontae Adams will help quite a bit.
2: Absolutely.
1: I mean, I I think he's the type of guy that would peak around, like, 8 and his low point would be, like, 14. Right. Like, he's always just going to keep you in the game. And like I said before with Aaron Rodgers, if you don't make mistakes and you make, like, the easy throws, that's all you need for 20 of the teams. Some of the other teams are really bad, and they need you to bail them out, but the other teams don't need that. They're they're already put together. They just need that one guy. Agreed.
0: Uh, and the last guy that we all ranked, he was 15th for me, 14th for Brandon, 13th for Dave, Matt Ryan. I don't have much to say about Matt Ryan. He's a veteran, consistently okay quarterback. The sun, the sun is setting. <laughs> he's there. He exists. That's all I have to say about Matt Ryan.
2: Yeah, and he's on the the, the retirement home of the NFL now. So where quarterbacks go for their their last walk in the sun. Yep. Um, <laughs> last walk in the sun. <laughs> same thing as same thing as all. Um, Derek Carr, he's solid. That's all I gotta say.
0: All right. So before we get to number one, we might as well get to our three worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So Dave, who's your number three?
1: Uh, I would say my number three is. Mitch Trubisky.
0: Wow, number three. Actually, I would
1: say, I would, I would, I take that back. Wow. I think my number three is Drew Lock.
0: Spoiler. All right. Day's number three is Drew Lock. Brandon, who's your number three?
2: Probably, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting someone here since they're all bad, but I'm gonna have to go with Jared Goff. Mm. Talk about just a guy who, his cachet, has in the the biggest hit in the NFL. Couldn't get over the hump with him as quarterback. The the Rams immediately go right over. He's not doing anything on the Lions. He's a year away from just getting like booted for the next guy that they're going to pick up. Yep. Yeah, it's not looking good for him. Feel kind of bad.
0: Jared Goff was number four for me. He just missed the cut. Uh, number three for me is Danny Dimes uh, in New York. Uh, I think the dude's hopeless. I honestly can't believe he still has another shot at being a starting quarterback. Um, I don't know what he has done to earn that. Uh, A chance, but he is number three for me. Dave, who's two for uh, you?
2: Sorry, who was your three? Sorry, I missed that. Danny
0: Dimes, Daniel Jones.
2: Uh, got you. My two is Mitch Trubisky.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's that's very fair. We'll talk about him, I'm sure, at some other point. Brenton. you
2: know what? Daniel Jones was uh, one of those dudes that I forgot, and you reminded me of him. He's he's second worst.
0: I'm happy to help. Uh, Same yes. thing.
2: On his way out.
0: He is bad. I agree. Uh Number two for me is Drew Locke. Um, I don't care what people say about him, what potential he has, but my God, he is um, tough to watch. So, Dave, who is your worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now?
1: I said Danny Dimes. I yeah, think he's the worst right. I can't. I think his decision-making is porous. I think he's a bad quarterback,
2: and I can't believe they're still starting him. It,
0: it, it is unconscionable to me that he is still a starting quarterback. But, Brandon? Um,
2: I'm going to go with Drew Locke just yeah. because they're the biggest um, – sort of dumpster fire right now. They're the team that has least on offense, least prospects. They're clearly trying to tank so they can get the number one pick next year. He's just a placeholder to, to literally have someone play quarterbacks. Uh,
0: my number one is Mitch Trubisky, uh, Bears legend, Mitch Trubisky, Brandon. <laughs> okay.
1: um,
0: so, speaking of guys who I don't – I mean, we have a common theme here with our number ones is how are these guys still starting quarterbacks in the league? Um. Mitch Trubisky is not long for starting quarterback at Pittsburgh. Clearly, he's just holding the seat for Kenny Pickett. But he's not, he's is still technically the starting quarterback, and he's just not good at it. He's not a good quarterback. He's not a good thrower. He's not a good He's not accurate. He's not a good field general. He's pretty much bad at everything that makes a quarterback a quarterback. So for me, Mitch right, Trubisky. Said, what was it, Brandon?
2: Oh, sorry. Continue. I have a question when you're
0: done though. No, I'm I'm pretty much done. What do you got? What's your question? Uh,
2: when do you think he gets benched? Week six. All right, because I was going to say, I can see it being pretty early. Yeah. Because the Steelers yeah. clearly, like, are always going for the playoffs every year. They have a pretty solid team outside of yeah. them. Um, obviously, a good defense. I can see them quickly being like, hey, we're not waiting around for this. Like, we never do. The, we're going to make those moves. The only
0: thing going for Trubisky is that Mike Tomlin is, like, 8,000 times a coach than Matt Nagy was.
2: Yeah, So. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's kind of like the Carson Wentz-Frank Reich situation. Like, if he can't make it here, then he's just a career backup and he'll never do anything else with his career. But, um, yeah, Mitch Trubisky, for me, is definitely the worst starting quarterback. Um, Dave, when do you think they turn to Kenny Pickett?
1: Um, I feel like it's it's kind of going to have to be played by year. Like, if Trubisky plays decently well, I think that gives them more leash to go with Pickett next year. But if he comes out and he's just a flaming disaster, like he's <laughs> just dog poop on the front steps, like you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to go with Kenny Pickett probably by week four, week five. Yeah,
0: I think first third of the seasons are consensus here. So yeah, good luck Kenny Pickett. The uh, franchise just rests on your shoulders. So number one. Not much, for, not much suspense here. Number three for Dave. Number two for Brandon. Number one for me, Patrick Mahomes. And. Look, have I had my criticisms of Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. I think he deserves those criticisms because he has not shown up occasionally on big stages, but I don't know there's much denying. And clearly, we all agree. He's the only guy that we all had top three. Mahomes is is, is the best quarterback in the NFL to me. And I think having a number one, there, there really isn't much debate. I think that he's a really good number one on this list. And... Look, I know Bills fans will be upset because he's Mahomes, but, I mean, 13 seconds, man. The guy engineered a drive that lasted 13 seconds to get them into overtime. And he he's a freak, man. He is, look, do I think that there are passes that he makes that other guys could do? Yeah, for sure. But is there anybody you want on your team other than Mahomes right now? For Dave and Brandon, yes, but for me, no. Tom Brady. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Tom Brady. That's true, Tom Brady. Uh, So, Brandon, you have number two. Uh, What do you say about Patrick Mahomes?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's clearly uh, just the best talent in the NFL, Um, excellent quarterback. I think that it's funny. I think even with Tyreek gone, the offense is still going to be excellent because, I mean, he's going to turn McCole Hardman into the next Tyreek Hill. Right. And they're going to be just the same on offense for the most part but I don't think the team is as good as they've been over the past, you know, three, four years. So it's kind of a weird situation where I think he's going to be just as good, but the team might not have this same amount of success. Um, that being said, um, anyone would want him. Most teams would pick him as um, the first quarterback easily. Um, he's clearly on the the um, on the right path in terms of running backs, tight end and Kelsey, good receiving group. Again, like I said, it's not as good as he's had it during the peaks of his career when they won the Super Bowl but he still has a very good offense to work with and a lot of these guys who might not be you know, well-known right now are going to be turning into household names pretty soon because he's about to put them on the map and they're going to be spreading the ball a lot more now that Tyreek isn't there anymore. Granted, they're not going to have a guy who's super fast and can do what happened in that 13 seconds, even though McCall Hardman is extremely fast. They're gonna be, you know, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they're gonna do with the offense this year, kind of being a bit more dynamic, but dynamic instead of uh, relying on on one guy so much.
0: Dave, lowest rank for you,
1: number three.
0: My God, you're a hater.
1: <laughs> I I think Mahomes is probably the best bet to have the best season, pretty much every year that he's in his prime of when could be in the league. I think there's not a safer bet. Um, but according I also, to you, there are two
0: saver bets.
1: <laughs> but I'm also I'm also aware that there's a lot of throws that he makes that, like some years are going to be intercepted, some years they won't. Right. And because he's, I think anytime I think PFF has the stat, but it's like, um, interceptable passes or whatever, or right. turnover turnover worthy plays rather. Right. And he's usually up near the top for QBs. And now, like. After a while, if you do every year, the luck is kind of on your side. Maybe it's not luck, maybe it's skill, but um, I think three is really as low as he'll ever go as long as he's in the league and he's with Andy Reid, especially who really fits his his play style. Like Mahomes can play anywhere, but to maximize someone's value is different than play anywhere. Right, and I think you've seen that with Mahomes and. You know, I, I think this year will be a little bit of a learning curve because you just have probably a different offense run. There's not going to be as many big plays like 80 yards downfield or 70 yards after the catch probably, but there'll still be chunk plays. There'll still be 20, 30-yard passes. Right. So maybe you won't see 480-yard passing games by Mahomes anymore. You might, you might see 320 or 300 or 280, but he's still going to be, you know, 35 touchdowns, probably 12 to 15 interceptions maybe, but he's still, he's still an elite quarterback. He's still one of the best.
0: So – our top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL heading into the 2022-23 season. Number 10, Dak Prescott. Number 9, Matthew Stafford. Number 8, Russell Wilson. Number 7, Lamar Jackson. Number 6, Justin Herbert. Number 5, Joe Burrow. Number 4, Aaron Rodgers. Number 3, Tom Brady. Number 2, Josh Allen. And number 1, Patrick Mahomes. Now, before we sign off, fellas, I have one last question for you. A quarterback who was not brought up in the best or even close to the worst— What's our forecast for Tua Vailoa
1: this year, Dave? Um, I honestly am not sure, because I think you have Tyreek Hill and you have Jalen Waddle. Those are two guys that run four threes or, or below. They're both elite guys with the ball in their hand. Waddle's going to be amazing as a pro as soon as he kind of gets his feet underneath him. He, he was coming back last year from the year before he broke his leg. Like, this. There was a little bit of a learning curve for him. I think he's going to have a great year, but you know, we'll see. I mean, Tua made some throws in college. He's got, he's got the talent for it. We just got to see it happen. And I'm not 100% sure we'll see it this year. I don't know if we'll ever see it, but if I had to bet what his stat line would be, I'd probably say something like 3,500 yards, 25, 20 to 25 touchdowns and maybe 12
2: to 15 interceptions. Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, for, and uh, and I agree with you too. It's hard to predict because with Tua, there's two things I think we need to see. One, it's that obviously he has those fast guys. Can he get the ball to them? And uh, is he going to have the time too, being um, a guy who gets hit a lot? And is he have, does he have the arm strength? And I'm not someone who's going to be putting all the weight into that uh, viral video of him throwing a shitty pass to <laughs> Tyree, Tyree Kill, uh Tyree Kill. Hill. Like, I don't care. I think that's you know one practice throw, which whatever. Um, but he's had some issues and he's had some shoulder injuries and whatnot, uh, which leads into my other point. Can he even make it through a full season? We need to see that. Um, Having a quarterback where you're guaranteed to miss five, six games a season is always going to put a team in a bind. And I don't even know who their backup is right now, but um, they used to have a guy like Brissett, who was known as being one of the top backups. Again, they might have someone who's replaced him at this point, who's in that same vein, but um, the cool you're going to have playing out there during that five or six week stretch when he's got an ankle injury or he's got a shoulder injury or something's going on. So until we see <laughs> him being out there consistently and um, being able to, to consistently get the ball to his receivers and spread the ball. Um, we'll see. But I think Dave's downline was pretty accurate.
0: Sorry, Brandon, their backup quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, Hey, I mean, that is a good backup.
0: Not a backup, not a bad backup at all.
2: That, that is a good um, backup.
0: And I guess one last question, fellas, Mac Jones. He was ranked by me and Brandon. Dave hates him apparently. Um so Dave, the hater of Mac Jones' hater. Uh <clears throat> Brian Hoyer lover Brandon, Uh Dave, what do you say about Mac Jones this year? Well, what do you what do we expect from him this year?
1: Uh I mean, I think another step would be nice. Like I think you just want to see him take a, make progress, like make fewer fewer mistakes, make be smarter quicker with the ball. Maybe t- take a few more shots downfield. The receiving core has been upgraded. The tight ends have had another year under the system. The system they're implementing supposedly is going to make things easier for people to, to learn the routes and to learn the plays. They still have multiple dynamic running backs. The offensive line looks like we will be in good shape, uh, provided they figure out the right tackle with Isaiah Wynn still being hurt again. Uh, but overall, I mean, I, I think it's not out of our own possibility to see over 4,000 yards and see over 25 touchdown passes may not get to 30 but i think there's a possibility he could see 27 28 and i think that would be a a great step even if he has 12 or 13 interceptions it's it's all about learning and uh i think the middle of the season we saw the positives when he had that stretch of touchdown passes and at the end of it we kind of saw the low of it when he's kind of learning through his mistakes throwing some interceptions kind of not seeing some rushers making some bad reads if we you know if we see those things then it's kind of it's tough but it's, you know, second at QB, I think there's there's a lot of learning
2: left left to, to be done. Yeah, he went through the ebbs and flows, and it's a long season, so he went through like, the growing pains and whatnot. Um, but I agree with you. I think the biggest thing for this season for the Patriots is Mac Jones' development above everything else. Uh, him taking that next step, him taking another leap toward being what you'd consider a franchise quarterback. And he's saying all the right things. He's done all the right things so far. Obviously, he's had hiccups along the way, but... That's exactly what happens with a rookie quarterback who's finding their way. He's done enough to this point where I'm confident that he's going to be a good quarterback. Um, I ranked him 15th. I could have easily had him like 16th or 17th. Um, like I was, uh there's a fraction of me that separated him between Jameis, uh, him and Jameis. I was about to put Jameis at 15, and then I was kind of being a homer. But yeah, Mac Jones just has to continue to develop. I think that he's on the path to become... That franchise QB, uh, we just have a solid guy for hopefully the next five to ten years, and you know we'll see if he takes that next step. Because like you said, Dave, he has, he does have those improvements on offense, and he does have um, maybe not any elite weapons at all, but he's got some some solid ones at this point.
0: So like, I want to like temper my expectations of Mac Jones, but I think like 60 touchdowns, five picks is not out of the ordinary.
2: I'm with you. I mean,
0: Dave would never say that because he's a hater, but um, Dave thinks he's going to be in line for that Jameis 30-30 season.
2: (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. Look. Hey, he'd he'd be breaking records regardless. He would be.
0: I think the Patriots' ceiling this year is probably like 11 wins. I think that's their ceiling. I don't think they're going to be a... I mean, maybe 8 wins at their floor. I just don't think they have much room to wiggle around there. And... Mac is, I think Mac will honestly probably be one of their best players, because there's so many unknowns on this team, and if Mac can win 10 games with Joe Judge or Matt Patricia calling plays, place, then good lord, just give him a most improved player with that rate, like good god, I I don't, I don't get it, I mean like I, I try to trust Bill Belichick, but at the same time, what is, like what is going on with this, like I don't, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Do you guys do you guys make sense of this? Do you know what Bill is trying to pull? Cause it just seems like he's throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks at this point.
2: Yeah, I don't get it. I think it's really weird. I can't necessarily say that I like it, but I'm also willing to give it a shot because of Bill. So um it's funny. They were talking a ton about the Patriots this week on ESPN randomly. And um, one thing that Stephen A. said that I actually agreed with, um, but he was saying that, like, obviously they've got all these question marks on these coaches, but Bill Belichick at the end of the day is going to be the guy who's making these decisions. Like, we, we all see that Bill Belichick is still the one that um, has his finger on every single button, every single way, whether it's special teams, offense, defense. Bill Belichick is still the guy who's pulling all the threads at the end of the day. So I think we've got to give some boost, not to Patricia and Judge, but just boost to the, the, the productivity that's going to come from the team just because Bill literally exists.
0: Right. That's fair. Uh, Dave, what do you make of this situation?
2: Um, I mean, it's
1: it's unusual, but I wouldn't say there's anything to worry about yet just because for the most part, every coach that comes up coaches on every side of the ball. Just trying to understand, because like McDaniels, when he came up, was started as a defensive guy. And like when you when you come up and you start learning uh, schemes, the best thing you can do is to learn from both sides of the ball because then you can visualize what the other side is doing. So because someone's a really good defensive coordinator, <clears throat> doesn't mean they can't be a good offensive coordinator. And I think Patricia is in a position where He's had multiple views at the ball. He's he's done some stuff on offense with the Patriots, scouting wise. He's done some defensive work, obviously, as coordinator. He ran the lions as head coach. Not well, obviously, but <laughs> um, but then with Joe Judge, he's done special teams. So I think you're looking at a, a much different viewpoint. Uh certainly it's not the decision anyone would have thought they'd go in. And we'll see if it works out. Maybe it won't. There's no, you know, there's no guarantees either way, it will it won't work, but um Realistically, I, I I just don't think that he would have put those two together if he didn't see that as a as a good learning point for Mac because uh, I think Mac is, is his legacy really because he's not going to be there his whole career with with Mac so Mac is his legacy and I think he he learns that because th- if there's one thing Belichick understands it's football history
2: right all
0: right so we will do a separate NFL season preview we won't go too deep into this stuff but that's episode 250. Dave and I have been doing this since uh, 2016, so it's been uh, been quite the journey, and we will uh, we're gonna look, I don't want to say we'll get Mark Brunel on for episode 300, but maybe we will. It could happen, right? You never know.
1: Are we gonna ask him about crying about Tom Brady?
0: Well, I feel like we gotta get him on first and then we can we can get a gotcha question out. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh,
0: but again, Brandon, thank you for coming on and also thank you for uh being a, a radio co-host of ours and getting us connected. And really, this podcast does not happen without Brandon Maxwell. There's no doubt about it. Hey, it's
2: true. This podcast doesn't happen without you two grinding, you know? That's uh what six years? That's a that's a long time. You know what's funny?
0: Right? Fun fact, Dave and I have never spoken outside of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't I've talk.
1: Never, as I've far, never, far never, as I know, Jake is six but, seven. <laughs> uh, I'm
0: actually six eight, but I appreciate you trying. Um I
1: won't
0: you. There's always been a typo on my uh medical sheets that say five eight, but come on. We all know I'm not five eight. Um but anyway, uh this was a great episode. Very, very excited to talk quarterbacks. Uh next week we'll be doing uh top ten long snappers for the twenty twenty two season. Uh and Brandon's doing the whole list for that one actually.
2: <laughs> Joe Cardona is definitely going to be top. Five this
0: Brandon, year. come on, you can't spoil. I don't
2: edit these. You think I
0: edit these episodes? Yeah
2: I'm, yeah, I'm spoiling the next episode, giving away the tea. God
0: damn it! This is also probably Brandon's like 40th guest appearance. Brandon's lapping the field in guest appearances. <laughs> <laughs> he was tied with Emily for a while, and then Brandon just just took over <laughs> that lead. He's just lapping the field. But
2: we had... Uh, um. During the, the heat of COVID. That's true. Like I said we had a we had a good chunk of, we had a good run in
0: there. That's true. There was nothing else to do. So we just recorded episodes about God knows what. Um but thank you to everybody who listens and appreciates our insanity. And by our I mean my insanity. Uh and for Dave for indulging it every week, and uh for Brandon for indulging it every other week at this rate. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> we're all insane.
0: We will see you guys at episode 300 and 350 and 2000 and beyond. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon.